Hello, listeners. My name is Dr. Martin City, and I'm joined here by a panel of eminent researchers at the Robotic Healthcare Society's annual conference in Sydney, Australia. Today, we will be discussing our work and what we hope to do in the future. So I guess to start, can you all introduce yourselves and give a brief summary of your work? I guess I'll go first. Hello, everyone. My name is John Opark. I'm a researcher at Chunnam University in Seoul, South Korea. I specialize in plaque busters, which are micro-robots that are designed to clear arteries and fight different cardiovascular diseases, such as atherosclerosis or CTO. Hello, and my name is Brad Nelson. My research is based at the Swiss Federal Institute of Technology in Zurich, and I focus on robotics, nanotechnology, and biomedicine. My specialty is the steerable surgeon, a micro-robot designed to move inside blood vessels and perform minimally invasive heart surgeries. Hi everyone, I'm Dr. Shen from the University of Hong Kong. I'm focused on magnetic micro-robots and their abilities to deliver drugs. I just realized I didn't introduce my own work. Uh, I work at Carnegie Mellon University, and my research is based on using bacteria as mini-robots to accomplish tasks in the bloodstream. So, Dr. Park, what about your device? You said that it's being used to develop, uh, to attack cardiovascular disease. How do you plan on completing this? Thank you for your question. The way that my team and I are developing the robots are to tackle cardiovascular disease from an innovative approach. We want to use drilling and drug delivery. Our robots plan to feature a device, a micro-drill, that will drill through the plaque of the arteries that are blocked, which will allow for more blood flow through the arteries already. After this, the robot will release a plaque-destroying drug that will allow for the plaque to be removed from the artery and safely carried out of the body, similarly to how soap dissolves grease. The robot itself is magnetic, so we will be using electromagnetic fields to control its movement, as well as MRI scans for tracking. If you take a look at the report published by my team in 2008, it will provide you with a more detailed explanation. Very interesting. Uh, now, Dr. Nelson, let's pivot to your work. How does your steerable surgeon work, and what about it is different than procedures already on the market? Thank you, Dr. City. My team is developing micro-robots for minimally invasive heart surgery, Typically for a minimally invasive procedure, a surgeon would send a catheter through a vein toward the heart and bend the tip manually to maneuver it. However, this only allows it to turn in two directions, limiting its range of movement. The steerable surgeon, on the other hand, is powered by external electromagnetic coils and steered by gradients in the magnetic field. These gradients can be controlled remotely by a surgeon as well, which allows the surgeon to be safely in another room, away from the x-ray radiation of the procedure. Also, it is smaller and can travel through more complex blood vessels. Sounds very, very profitable. I'm interested to see where you take your work in the future. Uh, Dr. Shen, how do you expect your work to be used in the future, and how exactly does it work? Me and my team at the University of Hong Kong have engineered magnetic nanobots that can deliver drugs to places in the body that are hard to reach. Our robot is fabricated with silicon embedded with magnetic particles, which allows the robot to be remotely controlled by applying an electromagnetic force. The robot also has hundreds of pointed legs, which are each less than one millimeter long. These legs are really special because they can carry heavy loads while also reducing friction, which allows the robot to move efficiently inside the human body, even where fluids such as blood or mucus are present. In our laboratory, the robot was even able to carry a load that was a hundred times heavier than itself. Interesting. Uh, you mentioned drug delivery, which is something my work focuses on as well. Can you explain to our audience members why it's so important to deliver drugs effectively? Of course. This whole concept is something I really struggled with as an undergrad, until one of my professors explained it to me with an anecdote. She said that the human bloodstream is just about as complex as in the entire road network of the western United States. 
Giving someone a drug that needed to reach a tumor that may just be a few hundred large cells is just the same as telling someone in St. Louis to go and find your brother in California with only a car and no map. <laughs> Even today, we can't give drugs any specific instructions about where to go. We can only send them in the right-ish direction and hope that there's enough that some of it reaches the destination. This could be extremely beneficial in the future for cancer delivery systems. My robots can navigate to tumors in hard-to-reach places and effectively deposit medicine there to fight the tumor. I think this connects well to your work, Dr. Siddy. Well, yes. My team and I are working on a set of controllable nanorobots, just as you are. We believe that instead of reinventing the wheel and introducing foreign elements into the human body, that it would be easier to just use bacteria, which we can control. We started about 15 years ago, and we've done pretty well. It looks like the best way to go about this is by attaching the bacteria to red blood cells. The bacteria blood cell complex can bind to drugs or even carry minuscule medical instruments. We believe that we can control the bacteria through magnetism and cellular signaling, and hopefully we end up with a set of red blood cell robots that can go where we command. At this point, uh, I think it's time that we transfer into some questions from the audience. If anybody here in Sydney has a question, uh, just raise your hand and I think we have some mics in the audience. If you're listening live, call into the number on your screen. Uh, to start, let's take an audience member. Uh, yes, you in the front row. My question is for Dr. Shen. What will happen when your robots have achieved their task? Great question. Currently, we don't know, but one major improvement my team is hoping to make to the robot is making it biodegradable. Being able to make the robot biodegradable would be so helpful because then the robot would just naturally decompose within the body after it has completed its drug delivery. We plan to begin testing different materials to find one that is biodegradable while still allowing the robot to do its job. Fantastic. Uh, any more questions? Uh, yes, you over to the left, uh, in the yellow. Hi. My question is for Dr. Nelson. Now, I was wondering, where do you plan on taking your work in the future? In the future, we would hope to be able to operate remotely from long distances and perhaps also automate procedures. In addition, while the procedure is currently being used to treat cardiac arrhythmia, we hope to expand this to eye and gastrointestinal surgery. That was a great question. Um, I think we have a caller on the line. What's your question? Uh, Dr. Seti, how far away are you from improving cancer treatments? Unfortunately, uh, we've got quite a ways to go. The testing that my team and I have done uh, is only in artificial settings, we still need to do some more, but hopefully after that, we'll be able to move into model organisms, like rats, for testing. Um, in the meantime, the overarching concepts used to make these robots could be privatized. We believe that they could be used in space exploration, entertainment, and also education. Uh, now, it's almost time to wrap up, but I think we have time for one more question. Uh, yes, you in the back. I'm from the podcast Let's Get STEMI, and Dr. Opark, I have a question about your robots. Your device has the potential to change the face of heart disease treatment. When do you plan to make them available for use in the future? Thank you for that question. Our models have been developed upon by my team at Chunnam University back in South Korea ever since we published our work in 2008. However, we are still improving upon it and hope to release them to the public when we are fully satisfied with their functioning. We have, we have yet to perform cl clinical trials on animals. Um, we hope to get to that soon, and we are also looking to improve their size and make them smaller and more portable throughout the body, because as of now, they are about 10 millimeters long, and that can still be improved upon. Overall, to answer your question, we plan to make these available once we're happy with the product and believe that it could be put to use well. 
Uh, and with that, it's time to wrap up. Thank you all for coming, uh, and thank you to our listeners across the world. Uh, join us next week in Brazil, where we'll, we will be looking at the future of the human immune system.